here we go, everybody. How in the world is your Monday going? Trying to figure some stuff out here. Tyler, at least, are you there? So I'm here. How's everybody doing? We're working on a little bit of a new format here. Got some changes. Actually have a producer now. Once we get everything rolling. Twitchy Twist over in the uh, Twitch chat. Hello. Hopefully your weekend as well. Got a lot of things that we're going to be covering today. We're going to get to some gaming news. Wu-Tang Clan apparently has an RPG in the works. Some dude spent a COVID loan on uh, Pokemon. We have the Activision Blizzard lawsuit. The Uncharted movie. Which will then kind of move us into said uh, entertainment topics as well. Apparently the... The Batman, the one that's coming out with Robert Pattinson, they're saying that that one is actually a sequel to Joker. R.I.P. to Gunther, uh, the world's uh, world's favorite barista, unfortunately passing away. Robert Durst, not to be confused with Fred. Plus Tom Brady's 600th touchdown pass. Mike Evans gave the ball away. We'll cover that. And we have some discussion topics. What are your thoughts on spoilers? I got a pretty funny story with my kid in regards to spoilers. And what fictional character's death really affected you? But in the meantime, we're going to try to figure out... uh, Unfortunately, with doing this live, we're kind of working all the kinks out now because we have the Sivret brothers. Tyler's helping me out. Brandon's the money man. He's the CEO of Original Gamer Life. The logo's right down there. Oh, and you will notice this uh, lovely shirt that I'm rocking today. It is my... uh, Wu-Tang shirt. We went to the Dia de los Muertos uh, festival that we had downtown El Paso on Saturday. Viva La Moca was there. That's who got who designed this shirt. And it was only all too fitting. I was already planning on wearing the shirt anyway. And then Tyler sent me the story about the Wu-Tang Clan working on an RPG, which was absolutely brilliant. So we'll get to all that stuff. I think that uh, they're probably working on a few things right now. Hopefully they can hear me. Well, we could jump right into the news if you want. Now, the problem was we were planning on having... uh, Tyler help out with the news here. They said they can hear me, but... uh, Now, the question is, can we hear them? 
I cannot hear you guys if you are you're texting me this. Can you hear us? I cannot. So that's something on my end. Captain Hammer, Master Puppet, Switch Twist, Padilla over in the Twitch chat. Hello, how we all doing? So as they can hear each other. I wonder why I can't hear you guys. Huh. I mean, I'm showing that you guys are talking. The user volume is up. I have absolutely no idea why this isn't uh, functioning. And it's interesting, too, because the whole time we were planning this stuff over the weekend, it was sort of to the effect of, well, we need to you know, stay on a timeline, and we need to do this, and we're going to map this out and map this out. And then, of course, we didn't uh, plan for any sort of technical issues, which is usually how it works, right? Captain Amherst says Brandon's Wi-Fi should be Wu-Tang Lan. I like that. It ain't nothing to fuck with, I'll tell you that. Got my green sludge ready to roll. There has to be a setting on mine here that's making it so that I can't hear Brandon and Tyler. Everything uh, on mine is showing that um, you guys should be able to talk. Let me double check. Oh, that might definitely be it. Hold on. Let's try that. I think Brandon may have solved it. You guys say something? Hey, oh, there it is. Hello. There it is. You guys are going to have to uh, lean in and speak up a little bit on the microphones, though, because it is kind of quiet. Although I can turn you guys up. Yeah. We'll just make sure we're coming through the other side. So, see if Great. we're All right, Brandon, say something. Test, test. One, two. It's a little bit quiet. Uh, Tyler, say something. Hello. Oh, there you go. See, Tyler's coming in uh, nice and hot. Brandon, for some reason, you're still kind of quiet. Captain Hammer says, I hear people. There we go. Can you hear me now? A lot better. Fantastic. Yeah, why aren't you using that shore mic of yours, man? What's going on over there? I know. I've got to change my setup around <laughs> here. We're, we're in transition, right? All right. Well, since we got everybody on now, let's jump right into this thing. One of the reasons Brandon's joining us today is that Brandon is the CEO of Original Gamer Life, and I've had a lot of people asking me, what exactly is Original Gamer Life? What exactly is Strong Node? Because obviously if you're watching this live on Twitch, you'll notice we have the, the logos of each here. Um, it's kind of, it's all going to be intertwined together. The big news last week that we broadcast on my Twitch was that Strong Node, the token, uh, was becoming available. It originally was not available in the United States, but it is now, correct, Brandon? That is correct. So, you know, being a, it's not a security, it's a utility token, but Mr. SEC still wants to control, you know, how that whole thing works. So you couldn't get in on the pre-sale, uh, you couldn't get in on the private sale, uh, but now, now that we're launched and we're publicly traded in, in effect, uh, you can actually go to QuickSwap, which is one of the uh, exchanges, decentralized exchanges uh, that we're listed on. So you can get it with, uh, using USDC, it's on the Polygon blockchain, um, some of this probably just doesn't mean much to a lot of people. Uh, Man, 
crypto? Yeah, I got to tell you, I, I was I, I ended up voicing some videos for Strongnode and I sat in on a lot of meetings. It was really cool because last week when they were unveiling the token, we did that on Thursday. We were live here on Twitch. And then on Friday, we did it as well, but we weren't live on Twitch. And these are some brilliant people that are doing this stuff. And I'm sitting there nodding along like, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I don't get it. At least the techie stuff, like the super hardcore stuff. But essentially what we're doing, this is something that everybody's going to be able to understand because the way that this is rolling into original gamer life is it is it's a community for people to game. And it's not going to be um, any sort of system specific. It's not you have to have an Xbox or you have to have a PS5 or you have to you know be a PC gamer. It doesn't really matter. Um, it's just it's it's about gaming. And the way that we're incorporating strong node is that. You can earn tokens while you game um, and then actually use those tokens to purchase things in the game. If you want to buy, let's say, you know, a new skin for something, you want to buy, you want your, your character to have a T-shirt of some, you know, maybe it's a Viva La Mocha Wu-Tang shirt that you would like. You know, you can certainly do that. So we're kind of building this ecosystem, right, Brandon? Yep. Ecosystem is that corporate buzzword that we're going for, right? So. Um, it's an ecosystem with the technology being Strongnode, uh, which is infrastructure as a service, uh, essentially meaning we're building this virtual quantum computer using other people's devices. Uh, and, and it helps, you know, we call them nodes because they're nodes on this mesh network. You run using your excess capacity. So it could be your mobile phone. It could be a PC, laptop. It could even eventually be your smart TV uh, or even your smart car, right? I mean, you could be uh, paying off your Tesla loan running a strong note on there so you earn the crypto it's not mining you don't have to have a complex rig like a lot of these big mining farms and stuff have uh, so you actually own you earn the strong note token uh, by doing this running this application in the background uh, and then that's your that's your on-ramp to crypto so you don't have to you don't have to follow these crazy instruction manuals on how to get everything up and running it's you just run the app you earn the tokens simple as that and, and rather than you know going super in depth here um if anybody has any questions because two of the big ones that pop up uh when people talk about strong node because essentially what you're doing is you're providing your devices to assist strong node in kind of opening up these edge lanes so that um information can travel faster rather than these kind of clogged down lanes um, that everybody's using now and the biggest concerns are electricity usage and privacy and i can tell you Brandon answered all of those questions brilliantly on Friday. And if you go back to the most recent episode of the podcast or even my Twitch stream, the Strong Note IDO, Daniel Saito came on. He is the guy that created all of this and he's able to answer those questions. And you shouldn't have any issues whatsoever with privacy or electricity, because that was always a big thing with cryptos where people were like, oh, I want to get into mining because it's just it's basically free money. I could just set my system up to gather this stuff up. But the only problem there is it. If you're not mining enough, the electricity that it's sucking, you're going to spend more on your electric bill than you're going to be earning in the crypto mining. Oh, absolutely. And that's that's the funniest thing is, you know, when people don't really do the math correctly, they think they're earning. But really, you're just donating your money to the electrical company. So I'm sure El Paso Electric is thrilled that people are yes. starting to mine crypto in, in El Paso. So Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mean, Here in El Paso, they're loving that stuff, man. They're like, ah, everybody can mine crypto. They got to so find a way to circumvent all the people who are smart enough to get solar panels, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, we live in the Sun City. How did you not see that thing coming? But anyway, so that's what we got going on with Strong Node and Original Gamer Life. 
Um, depending on Brandon's schedule, I know that he's a pretty busy dude. If he wants to stick around, feel free more than uh, to stick around. Tyler, are you there? Yes, sir. And, you know, all this talk about gaming and gaming together, I think this would be a great opportunity to mention what you're going to be doing tomorrow. Yes, we're going to be throwing down on some games. First of all, I need to get uh, Steam to actually let me into my account. I don't know what it is, but I've both of the times I've tried to log into Steam, it, it sends me back an error message. I gotta, I desperately need to get into that because we're going to start uh, playing a game called Wildermyth. And it's kind of a... Kind of D and D, I guess. Is that what? Yeah. And and, and the, what Tyler was telling me is that we're able to really control and customize everything from names to what they're doing and the choices. And so here's the new schedule. So pay attention. Mondays and Wednesdays, we're going to start at noon, and we're going to go for about an hour and a half. We're going to cover news from gaming industry, entertainment, and sports, plus discussion topics. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays from six until nine p.m. Mountain Time. That's when we're going to be throwing down on some games. And so if you would like, how many people can we have at one time on Wildermyth? So depending on how you do it, you can have up to six, I would say. Okay. So I'm going to be one character. Tyler is going to be another character. And then we have some open slots. So if you want to join us, all you have to do. Did we ever figure out how we were going to do the donations? Were we going to do it through Twitch? I mean, that's really up to you, uh, but I would say whatever is easiest for you. If Twitch is easiest for you, then let's do that. I think Twitch probably is easiest. So if you guys do want to get down on the games, you can look at uh, go to Steam, um, and you can download the game. I believe that there is a discount now. That discount does end tonight. So um, take advantage of that by being able to jump on that thing um, so that you can join us. And if with just a $10 donation, you're able to come uh, throw down and play some games with us. And another thing, too, is while we are gaming, if you want to dictate some of the choices that we make, um, at least with my character, uh, depending on what situations are presented to us, you know, if you want to toss a tip out there or something, then you can control the storyline and exactly what it is um, that's going down. So we have that yes. stuff going on tomorrow. Uh, my Discord and also the original Gamer Life Discord. Is, it the, is that the one that we were also announcing this stuff in? Yes. And actually, the, the sale did end this morning. So oh, it's balls. Not, right. Yeah. I thought it was, it was 11 a.m., wasn't it? Yes. Ah, well, son of a bitch. All right, well, you're going to have to pay full price. It's perfectly fine. It's not the end of the world, but you're uh, more than welcome to, to jump on over and come hang out. And you can watch for free. That's perfectly fine. You don't have to, uh, to pay. If you want to play, you can make a donation. If you just want to watch and hang out, you are more than welcome to do that. Um, so, yeah, so that'll be going on tomorrow. So, again, that new schedule, Mondays and Wednesdays, uh, is kicking off at noon Mountain Time. We'll go for about an hour and a half. That's news and discussion topics. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays is when we'll do the gaming. And we're also, I know this is something that you guys have talked about that you want to see me do is play like horror-based games. And um, I think that's something we're going to start to do on Fridays. Not every Friday, maybe every other Friday. Um, we're going to probably jump, maybe jump back into Alien Isolation. Um, maybe play a little Fatal Frame. Eh, it's, it's completely up in the air right now, but that's something that maybe we'll look into. Can't do it this Friday because I'm going to be out of town. But that's something that we're definitely... Looking to get going. But on that note, it is time. To jump right into the news. I do. I just want to clarify in Wildermyth that people don't need to buy it. You can buy it to play multiplayer together. But if you just watch the stream and you chat and all that, that sort of thing, you can play it that way as well. Oh, there you go. See, this is why Tyler's here. He's here to fill all the gaps that I screw up. First story today, we have the uh, Wu-Tang Clan. There is a reported RPG in the works. 
for the Wu-Tang Clan. And of course, this made it uh, very interesting because I got um, I got Tyler hooked on watching old videos of, uh, what was it Wu-Tang Shaolin style? Isn't that what it was yes. called? Yes, yes, hilarity. So I, I would recommend, we should put a link is there some place where you can put links? To you this? can toss it into the Twitch, uh, t- toss it over onto oh, the yeah, Twitch okay. chat. And uh, for anybody who's checking out the podcast version of this, I highly recommend it. It was it was a fighting game that was based around the Wu Tang Clan, and it was absolutely hilarious. It's totally worth checking out. And of course, you know, there's people who have put the entire thing up on on YouTube, so you're able to check it out there as well. But there's an RPG game in the works. It says here that Xbox Game Studios is said to be working on a new. Uh, with a new developer to create an RPG associated with the rap group Wu-Tang Clan. While specifics about the project and its release date aren't currently known, it is said to be including seasonal content of some sort in the wake of its launch. So my question for you, Tyler, is this a game that you would even be interested in? Uh, after watching this video, hell yes, it is. <laughs> I, oh, I am... Yeah, I imagine that they're trying to to recapture the, the beauty that was this game. I'm telling you, well, if you can put that in, like, find those YouTube videos and put that in the Twitch chat right now for everybody. Obviously, don't watch it now. Do it when we're done here. Click it and then save the, and then save the tab. Or you could just look it up yourself. All you have to do is Google Wu-Tang Shaolin style. Uh, and maybe PlayStation might need to be added in there as well. But that was it just, it was, I played the hell out of that game. There's very few games that I have really played the hell out of. That is definitely one of them. Um, going on here, it says rumors of this Wu-Tang Clan RPG began um, just a few days ago back on the Xbox Two podcast when video game reporter Jez Corden revealed that he had heard a few months back that Xbox Game Studios was working on a project associated with the group. Corden said that the game itself was based on lore associated with Wu-Tang Clan. That's kind of what what they incorporated with that Wu-Tang Shaolin style where... You know, it's. I believe it technically takes place over in New York and Long Island, but it has a lot of the sort of uh, uh, Wu Tang mythos behind it as well. So there you go. Yeah. So uh, Tyler just put it into the into the Twitch chat. Wu Tang Shaolin style playthrough, part one. Yeah, it's part one. And when you look at it too, you're gonna see what the cutscenes look like and what the intro scene looks like, and you're like, oh yes, this is what video games looked like 20 yes. years ago. Classic PlayStation. <laughs> it's pretty vintage. I'm, it's pretty fantastic. Uh, next story here is we have a... Um, the Fed say a man spent a COVID loan on a $57,000 Pokemon card. Vinath... Oh, man. See, it's these names. Vinath Udomsin from Dublin, Georgia, has been accused by federal prosecutors for fraudulently applying for an economic injury disaster loan. The man claimed to be running a business, but reportedly spent most of the money on a rare Pokemon card instead. I mean, it was a business investment. Right? That's assets right there, isn't it? Well, he turns out that he doesn't actually have a business, so... <laughs> I mean, he, he had the intention to be a business, right? I mean, maybe yeah, it was he... that Pokemon investment... Yeah, it's going to oh, be, that was his first, uh, his first foray into the business world was he was going to be a Pokemon right. card investor. He claimed that he had 10 employees, which apparently he has zero. <laughs> each, uh, each employee was a finger. That's what he was going with there. Yeah, yeah. probably. Uh, I mean, all his Pokemon, some of his favorite Pokemon, he's basically <laughs> trying to, they're 1099 employees. They're, they're subcontracted. Yeah. They don't get a W2 though. He, he can't afford the health insurance. 
Uh, it says on here, it says that he was accused by authorities for applying for the loan last year, claiming that he was running a small business that employed 10 other people. The loans, which were available nationally and resulted in the government lending over $200 billion to American businesses, were designed to help cover the costs of payroll, rent, mortgage, utilities, and other ordinary business expenses. Pokemon not included in that list, unless you want to put that under the umbrella of other ordinary business expenses. He was successfully given $85,000. How do you think he fudged that paperwork that, that they weren't able to catch him in time? Oh, no, it's it, the problem. Is, so we submitted this through Military Gamer Supply, right? And like the we got like five grand. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Even though we have like, you know, three employees. But, you know, screw us. Apparently um, you didn't have 10. You needed 10. Yeah, right. I mean, the, the way it was so arbitrary, the way that they actually rolled that out and the way they decided and everything. Because, uh, I mean, we, we qualified for way more. And they told us, yeah, you're going to get 60 grand, blah, 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 all this other stuff. But they never delivered on it. Sorry, uh, so, 55 grand of that went to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's where our allocation, where my money. Oh, it's it's in the restaurant. You can yeah, go, it's in go all of these. It right on, there. Yeah, it's in all these national chains. Uh, it says, uh, it goes on to say here, only problem was that prosecutors alleged that he had no business and instead spent the bulk of the loan, $57,789 on a single Pokemon card. He has now been charged with wire fraud, and if he's found guilty, he could spend up to 20 years in federal prison and also face up to a $250,000 fine. Do you know, you know the, most, the most frustrating part of the story? What's they don't that? tell us what the Pokemon card is. I was going to ask. Yeah, I was going to. I was flipping through, and I'm like, I don't see that. And I was wondering if maybe I had just not seen it, or if there was something else going on here. But worst, it doesn't. It's... It doesn't let us know. Is it a Charizard? Isn't that one of them? Yeah, worst build yeah. up and and withhold of information. Maybe they're waiting for the sequel, the article <laughs> sequel to come out. It's, we're in a cliffhanger right now. Uh, next gaming story here. Activision Blizzard employees skeptical that executive who denied sexism claims can solve them. So this is kind of a big deal. And this is where I'm hoping you can chime in a little bit more, Tyler. What my understanding here is um, there was just kind of behind the scenes and in the buildings, there was a lot of things that probably should not be happening in a business. Sexual harassment, discrimination, things like that. Uh, another story here with the headline that Activision Blizzard ousts 20 employees in sex harassment probe. So, at this point, what are they kind of? What's the like? What, what's what's going to end up happening here? Like they fire those employees, and now are they? Like, is there any other actions being taken by um, Activision Blizzard in order to make sure that this doesn't just come right back up? Well, yeah, that's the thing, right? We don't know what Blizzard has been doing. What they've been doing is they've been going through their games, like uh, World of Warcraft, one of their largest games, mm -hmm. and they've been basically like deleting characters or images that people may find offensive that's not really addressing the problem uh, one of the things that they said um they, they've been very vague i have it somewhere yeah well you find that it says here that um it said that this this was back in july and they were uh, accused the company was accused of fostering a frat bro culture full of rape jokes crude comments and groping that drove a female employee to suicide yeah this isn't the boss made an inappropriate joke this is literally sexual harassment and i, I want to tell anybody all your female listeners all both of them that <laughs> if 
If you are sexually harassed in the workplace, don't go to HR. Go to the police. <laughs> a lot of, I mean, one of the, so with the Activision Blizzard employees skeptical that executive who denied sexual problems can solve them. They, they, they're still relying on the same HR department that basically was trying allowed to cover this, this up. Yeah, yeah. That allowed this. And then tried to, they denied it. And there was this, this thing called the Cosby Suite where one of the developers, like all of the developers and all these people, they partied in during a BlizzCon convention. Mm -hmm. And they took like a picture with Bill Cosby. This is after the allegations, of course, right? That's why it was called the Cosby Suite. Not because yeah, it wasn't they, a suite you know, full of jello pudding. Right, exactly. <laughs> They weren't wearing sweater vests and things like that. Yeah. They, and then like there were pictures with people from HR in that suite. Oh my god! And so, so it's the but, entire. And so, so they're still relying on this HR department exactly to handle so, the things that they were a part of. Exactly, it's it's mind-boggling. I mean, the only way that anything will happen is if people start to boycott Activision and Blizzard in their games, right? I mean, money speaks. Right. So if people are still gobbling it up, and unless the government comes in and fines them such a gigantic amount or puts people to jail time, there's really yeah. not a whole lot that's really going to be done here. Um, and people are people went inside of World of Warcraft and they had a sit-in, but they're still paying for the subscription for that game. So I'm not sure well, what... Yeah, that's that's the problem with these big corporations. And it's it's not unique, unfortunately, to Blizzard. Um, it, you just get to a point where you feel like you're invincible, you're untouchable. And that's what we're seeing and we're experiencing right now with World of Warcraft and, and the teams and stuff. And even Tyler and I went to high school uh, with one of our friends who, you know, was dating a guy who was on the art team and everything. So, I mean, the insight here is they just, they got to the point where they thought they were invincible. They were untouchable. Uh, you know, they're the biggest studio in the world. They have the biggest game in the world. And, you know, they can get away with what they want. And that's the problem, is now you have an HR department and you have leadership who's basically standing by and encouraging this stuff to take place and doing nothing to stop it. So now they even think if, if the government isn't going to hold them accountable and the fan base isn't going to hold them accountable, it's just going to make it worse because now they, they're affirming the fact that they're untouchable and they're invincible. And this stuff's, you know, they're going to ride it out and they're going to go right back to it. Yeah, that they can pretty much do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, and they're they're paying eighteen million to settle the sexual harassment lawsuit. Guess how much money they made last year? Oh God, how much? This is gonna make me sick. Eight, but tell me, eight point zero nine billion dollars. So eighteen million dollars. That's, that's not a drop even, in the bucket. No kidding. Not even a drop in the bucket. That, that's their craft services table. That's like their snack <laughs> yeah, bar. Seriously. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So there you go. So if if you have any advice today, if this story irks you at all, boycott them. Like, like bounce out and and do something that would actually cause some sort of a change here uh, within those buildings. A little more lighthearted story. We have the Uncharted movie. It's in the works. It has Tom Holland. He's playing Nathan Drake. And then you have Mark Wahlberg. He's playing uh, Victor Sully Sullivan. I played these games, really like these games, but there's an article here that's kind of showing how they're retconning a lot of the stuff that goes on in the game. Now, my question uh, Tyler, did you ever play the Uncharted games? I have played the first one, and that's it. I, I really liked it. I just, it's more of a console game, and I'm more of a PC gamer, so I didn't play the others. And because I believe it was PlayStation exclusive, because um, that's why yeah. I, I think I ended up buying like a kit that, or a, like one of those packs that had like all three of them or something in it. And um, they're great games. 
But when it comes to translating a video game to a movie, that tends to be a misfire a lot. Uh, let me think. Super Mario Bros. Uh, what was the terrible Mortal Kombat one? Mortal Kombat? <laughs> <laughs> well, there was one that's like like arguably the worst Mortal Kombat. Like, video game adaptation was it resurrection or something like that if anybody knows that in the twitch chat uh pop in and let and, and and remind me but there have been some decent ones i mean i i kind of like the uh the tomb raider ones with angelina jolie because it, it was it was able to stand alone as a movie it didn't feel like oh we need to force all of this video game stuff outside of the huge boobs you know into the actual movie um i'm trying to think of some other uh Resident Evil, I think that those. Uh, I didn't see the rest of the series, but at least I know the first one. I thought that was. I thought that was a really good movie. Oh, I enjoyed the rest that of the one. Series are great. Yeah, no, they they've actually. That's been a pretty good series. And well, and, and even talking about Mortal uh, Mortal Kombat, the problem is they put out so much content. Now they're retconning Mortal Kombat too. <laughs> I don't know if you know that, but like the new series and stuff, they're gonna go back and they're like transcending all these planes and. You know, there's a bunch of crap like that because it's almost like these developers and these content creators are like, ah, what do we do? Oh, let's just retcon. Yeah, it's almost like they all went to the – was that J.J. Abrams that went and retconned all of uh, Star Trek? Wasn't oh, he the one that did that? You know, they can retcon it all they want. We just won't acknowledge that that exists. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, Padilla chimes in. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. That was the one that was that was pretty terrible. What did you guys think of the latest Mortal Kombat? I didn't think it was too bad. I mean, it was kind of what I expected. You're going to get blood and guts and uh, weak storyline. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much that you can do. I mean, if you do really dig into Mortal Kombat, it does have a pretty deep story to it. But, you know, it's it's just gratuitous violence. You know, that's, yeah, again, that's all it is. Translating that to the big screen for a movie tends to be sort of the, the difficulty of a lot of uh, these video games to movies that they that they end up with. That's why I thought the Resident Evil one, it was a great standalone horror movie, I thought. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Mortal Kombat, though, is there's so much depth to the story, and they just don't bring that out. Like, there's supposed to be... Certain characters are supposed to be different deities, and, like, one of the characters, like, you know, he kind of morphs between this deity and, and the mortal, and, you know, there's, like, this whole pantheon of gods and stuff, but you just don't get that in the movies. It doesn't come out at all. Oh, my God, I almost completely forgot about that Street Fighter with Jean-Claude Van Damme. I found the Wikipedia entry that has a list of films based on video games, and it shows the first one here, at least uh, live action. It's the Super Mario Bros. that came out in 1993. Um, I'm not really sure how Silent Hill translated. I don't really remember too much of that one, but the Resident Evil franchise I thought was good. Um, I heard the Warcraft movie kind of stunk. Uh, Assassin's Creed kind of missed the point. Wow, that's about it, though. Uh, Assassin's Creed was kind of like an ad, like a, a rolling ad for Assassin's Creed. That was kind of the problem there, I think. I, <laughs> I don't think they really got after, you know. Creating an actual storyline. movie. It was like, oh, let's just push right. people to go buy the game. Yeah, exactly. They're like, hey, we've got these characters and we've got this live action stuff. And let's just throw it together and, and people will love it because Assassin's Creed. The, right, Prince, the Prince of Persia movie was, I thought, pretty good. I mean, none of these movies follow the in-game lore. They just kind of make up their own thing. That's true. I don't know why they do that. <laughs> You've got all these, <laughs> all these people, like uh, even World of Warcraft. Huge gamer base. Tons of people that they could have. It was supposed to be a blockbuster movie. And then they kind of 
uh, futzed with the lore, which is going to turn a lot of good. people. Like, the original Warcraft lore is pretty good. But, yeah, they just kind of went in a weird direction with it. All right, moving on, to, moving on to some entertainment stuff here. Um, I found this headline quite interesting earlier today. It said, Matt Reeves' The Batman is a Joker sequel. So the one that's coming out with Robert Pattinson, um, it's they're kind of painting it as that these are kind of all in the same, take place in the same Gotham. It says here, both of these properties have similar grim tones, painting a broken Gotham. There's dark music, haunting cinematography, uh, a bleak aesthetic suggesting Reeves is making his story character-driven. I'm, I'm quite frankly kind of excited about this one, which makes me nervous, because generally if I don't have high hopes for a Batman or uh, a DC movie, that's when it ends up being good, because if I do have high hopes for it, that's when it lays an egg. Um, no, that's the DC way, right? This is, this yeah. is the way when it comes to DC. It's, it's all about Marvel. hype. That's right. Yeah, and I have a problem with the naming convention. It's almost like the Ohio State you know, University. Oh, yeah. We're doing no, out the, the, the Joker, the Batman. So the article goes on to say that uh, from Reeves' trailers, uh, the movie seems like a spiritual successor because thematically, apart from Gotham, from Gotham's burning and tearing itself apart, Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne seems to be entrapped in a system of lies and deceit. It's the same way Arthur hated how society lied by promising people like him help mentally as well as jobs, and also in how his mother, Penny, seemingly lied about Thomas Wayne being his dad and tried to extort money. There's strong evidence in a snapshot in the recent trailer that shows Bruce doing his detective thing in a seance-like setting. We can see the sins of my father as well as renewal is a lie, which may be clues from the Riddler or Bruce uncovering secrets about himself. I always thought this would be kind of cool because one of the things that you could kind of do with uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker is that he's not the actual Joker. He's the inspiration for the Joker that ends up becoming Batman's nemesis. What are you guys' thoughts on that? No, I, li I like where they're going with it. And that's kind of the advantage that DC has with their, uh, their IP is it's a little bit darker. I mean, I know Marvel towards the end, everybody dies, hooray. But it's not like it, it doesn't explore the darker side of people, which is what I think DC is really strong with. And, and I like it because it's like the Conan, the Barbarian, you know, novels and, and books and everything. Mm -hmm. it, it does. Like, good people can do bad things. Bad people can do good things. You know, you get that renewal, that redemption story, but then some people just fall short. So it's got a lot of, it's got a lot of opportunity there, I think. Well, it's saying that this thing is perfectly setting up for the Batman to be an actual sequel to um, Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. Next item up, R.I.P. to Gunther, unfortunately. Um, of course, now I'm not going to get his name right. James Michael Tyler. He was the guy that played Gunther on Friends. He was the barista. He's the one that had the hots for, uh, for Rachel. And I found this article today. It says the actor who played Gunther on Friends got the role because he was the only extra who knew how to use an espresso machine. Imagine getting that role. I mean, you know, you get you get certain skill sets you get in life, and you gotta you gotta take advantage of that. So this is a this is an old article here uh, because it's an actual interview with him, and it said uh, they they go through questions. Like, dude, does he still get, even 20 years after Friends, does he still get people yelling Gunther at him? And his response was, I live in the area where the Hollywood sign is. Every afternoon, I'll take a, uh, take a daily walk, and there are loads of tourists always on the street taking photos of the Hollywood sign. Occasionally, 
I'll still get recognized as Gunther, which is okay with me. And it says, you got the job in the first place because you can work an espresso machine. Did you ever think it would lead to that much of a character? He responded to that saying, you know, I honestly always thought my masters in fine arts would get me further in, in, <laughs> in acting than knowing how to work an espresso machine. That was a happy accident, and I'm very, very grateful to have had that skill. Did you guys watch Friends when it was going, like during its run in the 90s into the 2000s? Oh, that was the obsession, you know, in high school and stuff. All my friends were obsessed with Friends. Um, I, I was, you know, I kind of watched it on the side, but I was never like a, a, I don't know, they call them like friend heads. I don't know what they're, frenzies. What do, what do you I'm not really sure if there's a, a name, but I was, I was definitely, and I still watch it, and I constantly see people posting online, go back and watch Friends, and now you'll see why it could never be made today. That's fine. It doesn't need to be made. I'm still going to enjoy it. I know that there's obviously some things that are wrong with it, and if you can point out that, oh, this wouldn't be socially acceptable today. We can all move on, and it's not the end of the world. Uh, but if you are wondering, uh, so James Michael Tyler, he did pass away after battling stage four uh, prostate cancer. And he was kind of the seventh friend, if you think about it. Yeah. I'm, no, it, it gave hope to the rest of us that we could be part of that group, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? We, he, we lived vicariously through him. And we all had a crush on Jennifer Aniston. Yes, absolutely. 100%. I'm pretty sure I had a few different cutouts of Jennifer Aniston strewn about my bedroom back then. Thanks for sharing, man. That's You're welcome. Uh... Uh, final entertainment story here. Robert, not Fred Durst. So you guys aren't familiar with the jinx at all. Me, no. In regards to the Robert Durst uh, sort of storyline. No, that's, that's one that, that kind of escapes me. Oh, my God. So... There is a documentary series on HBO. It's called The Jinx, The Life and Deaths of Robert Durst. So this dude, he... Uh, millionaire in real estate. The, whole, the reason this has popped back up is he's finally been convicted of murder. The way that that series ends... Now, since you guys haven't seen it, I don't know if I want to ruin it. But it bounces between interviews with him and interviews with other people. And there's all these people who mysteriously die around him. And it's just, and it's, it's so strange. And the way the whole thing wraps up might be the most shocking end to a documentary that I've ever heard. So here's my question to you guys. Do you want to go watch it? Or do you, I mean, you can still watch it. Do you want me to spoil it? Uh, I, I feel like we're going to cover this topic later, right? Like, this is the end of the, the Yeah, we're going to yeah, cut yeah, This, alert, is, this so. is why I'm asking you, because everybody's a yeah, little bit different. We're going to learn this, that, so. Yeah, this is philosophical. We're, we're getting, you know, the extent, existential question here and, and some foreshadowing. I, I say spoil it, because, you know, I mean, that's my vote. Well, we'll spoil it at the end, right? Because, I mean, so this this guy's like, what, like Clinton? Is that what's going on here, or? No, all these like, people like, who are connected to him. Mer well, yeah, all these people that are connected to him that they, they kind of keep dropping dead. Um, so he's now 78 years old. And the way that the series ended on HBO is they have him in this conference room and they're doing these interviews and the rest of the crew gets up. He doesn't realize his microphone is still hot. Like it's still on and recording him. So it says here. It was Durst's own off-camera admission of, and he's talking to himself. Actually, I think he might have been in the bathroom or something. He's on a hot mic, and he doesn't realize it. And he's mumbling to himself that they got him. 
And it's almost like he's having a conversation, like there's almost two different sides to him that's talking back and forth. And at one like point- Spiegel? He, kind of, doesn't change the voice, but kind of a little bit oh, okay. like that, yeah. And at one point he says, what the hell did I do? And then it wraps up where he says, killed them all, of course. And oh, then- this, Was this during the filming of the documentary? Yes, documentary, yes, this, this, is dur- yes this is during the, like, they've done an interview with the guy and they've moved on and they're, they're either going to wrap up or they're going to you know cover a different topic or something and so he thinks they've turned his microphone off it's still live and he's talking to himself and he essentially admits yeah i murdered all these people now yeah, how he does was that work with like the contract and stuff don't you get to like review what the content of the documentary is and i don't i don't know, you know but it went it went live and it went out there and it says here he was convicted of first degree murder back on september 17th the jury found true the special circumstance allegations of murder while lying in wait and murder of a witness it likewise found true allegations that durst personally used and discharged a firearm during the commission of the crime and it's i'm telling you if you guys have hbo you will be sucked into this thing like a vacuum and and you're going to be enthralled and even knowing now how it ends i think you're still going to get that sort of uh um so kind of sort of get that um that thrill is it really thrill i mean the guy was a murderer so i I don't know if i really want to say thrill but yeah it was it was one of those things it's just it blew my mind i could not believe that that's i mean you you know that the people who made this documentary they immediately had to think holy crap we got something big here oh yeah no this is the secret sauce you know this is we just got this this one landed in our lap they're like sitting yeah. there like elbowing each other we got it he did it he said it right they're like get it to editing like right now yeah throw it over there all right we'll get to some sports news here real quick um tom brady threw his 600th touchdown pass of his career yesterday did you know that in his entire career he had never had six or more incompletions consecutively in a game because that happened yesterday he threw six six incompletions in a row and they brought that stat up and they were like in the 22 years that he's been playing in the nfl he had never run into that where he had had that many of course i want to say the very next throw was one where he threw a touchdown pass so it really wasn't that big of a deal so so now here's the question here's the conversation too is you know, do you give credit for that to the receiving core, or is that all on the quarterback? I, I think, like a, well, I think a it depends. Bit of that goes both ways. I think a lot of that uh, depends because uh, when you look at Tom Brady, especially when he was in New England and the amount of talent that he had to work with, yes, he had the, the times with Randy Moss and Julian Edelman and Wes Welker and Gronkowski and guys like that. But there were major chunks of his time in New England where his pass catchers, you would see that and you're like, who the hell are these guys? I mean, he didn't really. He, he never really had, for a, you know, consistent group of years, the same top-notch wide receivers. Again, he had the Moss and Welker and Edelman and guys like that. And there's a lot of other times where we're like, holy crap, I can't believe that he's throwing this many touchdowns with these receivers. So he throws the 600 touchdown pass to Mike Evans. Mike Evans had a huge day yesterday. Mike Evans, I believe, he spikes the ball in the end zone, goes to go grab the ball, and then he runs and gives the ball to a fan that's sitting in the end zone. Well, it was the 600th touchdown pass, and in the history of the NFL, no quarterback has ever thrown 600 touchdown passes, so this thing is worth a ton of money, and 
they needed to get it back. I mean, this person, they were saying they were saying that this person, if he would have kept the football, probably could have sold it for like a million bucks or at least a half a million um, because it's so iconic. It's never been done before. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have an employee run over there, and then he has to negotiate with this person exactly on what it is. You know, we need that ball back. What can we give you? Let's say you yep. got like you guys are from you know Wisconsin, right? Yes, sir. All right, so Packers fans, let's say Aaron Rodgers breaks a record, the ball gets delivered to you accidentally, and then a Green Bay Packers employee comes over to you and tells you, "Hey, uh, we need that ball back." What are you asking for? Oh, I'm I'm going right back to Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, no, I'm 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 not negotiating with some low level employee here. <laughs> I want to I want to go to the top, and we're gonna have a conversation. I want Mr. Rodgers. That's right. We're going to meet in a, in a smoke-filled room, and uh, he's going to have to give me an offer I can't refuse. <laughs> Tyler, same thing? Yeah, I mean, his firstborn child, maybe? Oh, my. There's no way. I'm not giving up that ball for anything, I don't think. Really? Even I'm, if he, I'm a made man. Yeah. Even if he came over and said, I'll give you a million bucks? It would, I think it would have to be more than a million. Really? Dude, that that's a family heirloom right there in spec in Packer country. Like no, there's oh yeah, oh, no. yeah. in Packer country you could basically get away with murder. I'm pretty sure you could run for mayor and win if you had possession of that football, right? Oh, like yeah. that you becomes could, a magic could, football. No, you could become the governor of Wisconsin if you <laughs> if you had that ball. Man, I'm trying to think of what I would ask for if if I was in the stands and something like that came up to me. I don't know because. I had the opportunity, and I still kick myself to this day, uh, when Ken Griffey Jr. hit his, it was one of the milestone home runs. It was a 500 or something. He hit it down in Florida when I was living in Florida, and I had the chance to go to that game, and right where my seats were were where that ball landed. And I chose not to go because I think I was busy with work or something. And then I'm trying to kind of rattle it in my brain, like, okay, well, what what would I have done if I had wanted to, uh, you know, give the ball back? Me, me personally, I would I would give it back um, because at least for me, I didn't earn it. Um, you know, especially Tom Brady, he's throwing a 600 career touchdown pass. The dude's put 22 years in, um, but I'm asking for something big, like. Uh, Oh, I heard this on Dan Patrick earlier because they posed this question. What would you ask if you were in that position? And one of them said, "I." Uh, one of the Danettes said, "I would, I would require that if the Buccaneers win the Super Bowl, I get to hang out with Tom Brady during the Super Bowl parade. You know how they had the boats oh, yeah. and everything, and they, like that's yeah, what like, I want. I think yeah, that would like be- realistically." I agree with Brandon. Like that has to be a discussion between me and Aaron Rodgers. Like I'm not talking to some go between. Yeah. yeah, I think I would be kind of the same. I would be the same way where I don't think I would just hand the ball to some employee. Not to say I'm keeping it, but look, tell Mr. Brady, come on over. He and I could chat about what we're going to do with this thing. Because the, the other thing too is, I mean, now now you get exposure. You ever want to become an Instagram model? There you go. You yeah, know, you get yourself. On the news, handing the ball back to Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. Th- th- there you go. You're set. Now you now you got your influencer life going. Yeah, Ramirez Do- over in the Twitch chat says uh, he doesn't know if um, he would have given it up for as little as that guy did. D- does anybody know exactly what the guy gave it up for? I haven't seen that. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Um, but he does say uh, Ramirez adds that at least season tickets for the rest of the season and next, which, of course, Tyler says life, and I agree a 1,000% with that. I mean, I'd be like, yeah, um, I want to sit in, if I'm in, let's say, if I'm in New England, 
and Tom Brady breaks this record and I have it, I'm, I'm going to basically say I want to sit in Robert Kraft's box at any game um, yeah, exactly. that, that I, I want to. I want my own box. You know, I could have my own dedicated corporate box. I, I think that's that's reasonable. Ramirez says that he saw something. It's about $1,000 in merchandise. Really? That's it? Wow. Gross. I mean, I'm not saying you got to hold it ransom or anything, but come on, man. Oh, yeah. Hold it ransom. It's, that's it's exactly even, what I would do. It's not, it's not even cash. It's like, you know, it's like Kmart store credit. Like, yeah, come on. Exactly. It's like, ah, you know what? Like, look, you can spend this money, but you got to spend it here. Essentially, is what yeah, it is. Yeah, right. It's like when you go I get mean, a that, Well, that like employee you, probably got like a raise or something. They're like, holy crap, you just this, saved Yeah, that guy's like money. a master negotiator. They're going to tell him, hey, you, <laughs> come, you need to come negotiate all the contracts at this point. <laughs> that, that employee made out better than that fan. God, yeah, he did. Uh, one more quick sports story here uh, to get to is that Deshaun Watson, um, it's looking like he's probably going to get traded. The trade deadline here is coming up in about a week. And it says that Deshaun Watson is open to trade destinations besides the Miami Dolphins. Um, as the Carolina Panthers are emerging as a potential option right now, um, because it looked like the the Dolphins they were the front runners, and it's it, because Deshaun Watson has a no trade clause, so he gets to dictate where he goes. If the Texans want to trade him, he gets to say, "I will go there. I will waive my trade clause to go to this team." So right now they're looking at looks like the Panthers are starting to emerge because man, what they happened? Sam help. Darnold was on fire at the beginning of the season, and now all of a sudden that thing has tapered off really quick. You think some of that has to do with Christian McCaffrey not being in there? Yeah, I think honestly at this point, if I'm if I'm picking where to go, I mean Miami's a much stronger team at this point, and the location, not not too bad. True, the location down there's not 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 terrible, but the only issue with Miami is that they've really crapped the bed this season. They're sitting at one and six. They're one win. And that one win that came against the Patriots week one, where if Damian Harris doesn't fumble that football at the end of the game, Patriots kick the field goal and they win. And the Dolphins are now sitting at 0-7. And the Dolphins, they were a team that had pretty high expectations. There's two teams really that stand out at this point that had fairly high expectations on the season that have really not met it. And it's the Dolphins and the Washington football team. Both of those teams were expected to be a lot better than they are. But it looks like Deshaun Watson eventually probably going to be on the move. Is he going to be suspended? What's going to go on with these civil cases? He even has some criminal suits out there as well. I don't know if criminal suit is the actual verbiage I should be using there. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I just wanted to make sure that we brought up the Deshaun uh, Watson possibly getting traded. Yeah, I just I don't know that those either of those two options are really appealing at this point because they just – I mean, the Giants just crushed them in the last game. They did. The Giants are starting to turn it around a little bit. But then again, I think if, if you're picking any team out of the NFC East at this point, it's definitely going to be the Dallas Cowboys because they just look vastly superior to the rest of uh, to the rest of that division. All right, let's get to some discussion topics here. I told Brandon and Tyler this story last week, and it has to do with um, spoiler alerts. So the wife and I, we watched Squid Game. We wrapped it up last week. We were on the final episode. And I think my wife had mentioned to our daughter that we were going to watch the final episode of Squid Game that night. And it's almost like my, my child couldn't contain herself. And she, oh my God, I know what happens. And then just blurts out every single thing that happens in the final episode. And my wife was like, what are you doing? Like, you just ruined that for me. And my kid was like, yeah, I know. And then like walks up the stairs. 
And I'm like, well, that's something we're going to have to change really quick because the spoiler alert thing ain't cool, man. Like, that's, you know, you confirm with somebody. We had a rule when I was on the morning show, and it kind of depended on if it was a TV show or a movie. Movies we wouldn't talk about for a little bit longer just because you need to allow people time uh, to go watch it in the theater. But when it came to TV shows, it was significantly shorter just because, all right, it's sitting there. If it was that important to you, you would have already watched it at this point. So my wife is kind of upset. So we're watching the final episode of Squid Game. And Brandon, you said you started it, correct? No, I finished it. Oh, you did finish it. Okay. Tyler, did you watch it? Yes. Okay. So you both have watched it. Now, here, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. If you have not finished... Uh, Sergio goes, your daughter is a savage. Dude, I know. Trust me. Just wait. The story gets better. So, um, so spoiler alert. I'm going to explain that final episode um, and then what my daughter explained because she thought she had spoiled it. Everything, almost everything was wrong. So in that final episode, when you have, and I, I don't remember anybody's names, but the guy that wins, um, when he goes, when he gets the card to go to that building where the old man is at, that's when my wife was like, oh, my God, she she spoiled it. Now that I'm seeing this, she spoiled it because what my daughter had said was the old man was a janitor and he was a janitor at the games. And there was some other stuff involved. Obviously, if you've seen Squid Game, you know that that's not the case. That's not how it all goes down. So as we're watching this, my wife starts to realize that, OK, she thought she spoiled it kind of a little bit, but not really. But she's still in the back of her brain. She's like, I got to get her back. I want to make sure that she, uh, you know, knows what it's like to have something spoiled. My daughter has just started to read the Harry Potter books and, and actually read through them. She started them like a year ago or something and made it like a chapter in and quit. But now she's actually starting to read through the books. And I was like, oh, Harry Potter. I know everything that happens. I can give you a spoiler alert. And, of course, the first thing that pops into the head, of course, if you if you have if look, if you don't want spoilers on Harry Potter, I guess you can turn this off now. But spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Dumbledore dies. Um, And so I brought that up. But that doesn't happen until I think like book six. And I told my wife, I don't we shouldn't go that hardcore. Like I get kind of wanting to teach a lesson here a little bit, but we can't jump to that, you know, where we're ruining all these books for her. We'll keep it contained to book number one so the thing that i had thought of was that professor quirrell is basically possessed by voldemort for that entire first book so here's my wife's plan she drops off my daughter at school she's going to drop off our daughter and then she's going to roll the window down as my child is walking away and blurt out professor quirrell's uh professor quirrell's possessed by voldemort and then just drive away so as they're in the car and they're in line to go drop her off, my wife kind of prefaces this, you know, primes it up a little bit. She's like, hey, you know how you spoiled Squid Game for me? I got a spoiler on Harry Potter. My child's reaction is this. Oh, my God, tell me. I want to know. Oh, my God, tell me. She spoiled the spoiler alert, dude. Like, she legitimately didn't care. And then when I brought it up to her afterwards, my, my child's like, yeah, I don't. She's like, I want to know. I want to know what happens. And I was like, ugh. So then what's the point of reading the book? That's like jumping on Wikipedia to just... Well, that is the point of reading the book. It's <laughs> to find out what happens. Well, yeah, but like, but the, the point of the book is to not know before you finish the book. It's like right, jumping right. on Wikipedia to find out something that happens in, in a movie or a TV show that you're watching, which I have done. Like, don't get me wrong. I'll be watching a documentary sometimes. I think the jinx 
with Robert Durst. That's one of the ones where I did that, where I'm like, I'm looking into this dude because it just blew my mind. Um, so that was my child and her thoughts on spoiler alerts. She wants to hear all of them. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not telling her. Um, I'm actually specifically, you know, I've let her know I'm not going to spoil this stuff for you because that kind of ruins all the fun. You know what I mean? The, the, the goal here is that you don't know what happens so that if there's a big turn, which is also my selling point to Cabin in the Woods for my wife, I'm, I'm desperately trying to get her to watch that movie with me. I don't know if that's going to work. You guys have seen Cabin in the Woods, yeah? Isn't that the one where they all meet up in the cabin in the woods? I mean, yes. You know, spoil, <laughs> spoiler alert! But it's the one they was, end up like murdering everybody. Or something? it was produced by um, oh god, I'm blanking on his name. Joss Whedon, I think, is who who produced it. Um, and it's there's a there's a plot twist in the middle. Like you're, as you're watching it, it's the one that has Thor in it. Chris Hemsworth, he's in that one. So. It starts out, and there's all these these kind of different scenes, and you're starting to think to yourself, how the hell are these things intertwined? How do they connect? What's going on here? And then when it finally does connect, you're like, oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. I'm telling you, Cabin in the Woods, one of my favorite horror movies, and if you get a chance to watch it, uh, definitely go watch it. Now, moving on to uh, another topic here. Of course, this one heavily on the spoiler alerts, because the question is, which fictional character's death made you cry and this ties in very well with my wife because one of the ongoing jokes in our relationship had to do with this thing that we did called engaged encounter which we had to do for the catholic church before we got married my wife devout catholic me not so much but uh well not at all um but i'm at least willing to go through that stuff for her so we had to go do this thing it was kind of a weekend where you know you you uh go through discussion topics with each other and you write in this book and you do all this other stuff so at the very end you end up in this kind of like arboretum with all these plants and it's a beautiful setting and as we're walking in they're handing everybody tissues and I grabbed one and I kind of had a you know a, a questioning look on my face and the one one of the guys that was running it he's like yeah you're gonna need this so I, I take the tissue my wife takes the tissue and then when you go in everybody's standing in a circle where the husbands are on the outside the wives are on the inside and you're holding hands and there's this really beautiful speech about, you know, these are the hands, like speaking to the wives, these are the hands of the men that are going to guide you through life and they're going to support you and they're going to do this and this and this. And out of nowhere, you start hearing this <laughs> sniffling and you st I start looking around. Every other couple's crying, man. And, you know, some more than others, but at least the most part, you could tell that everybody's starting to get choked up. I, st I look across to my wife, stone face, dude. Not an ounce of emotion whatsoever. So in the back well, of my... Well, at least, at least she wasn't laughing. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, look. I got to give it to you. you. You found a real positive note there. So in the back of my brain, I'm like, well, if she's not crying, I can't cry. So then it became a battle of wills at that point. And then that even got thrown into our wedding where I'm looking... Man, you can watch our look at our wedding photos and there's pictures of my dad. There's pictures of her dad. There's pictures of my friends and family and everybody else that's there. Just blubbering up. And then there's me and my wife. Just stone cold killers, man. We are not going to break for this thing. So this is kind of what I picture my wife as. She's just not She's not a big crier. You know, it, it, I mean, it's going to take a lot to get her to cry. Like, you would assume that. Well, fast forward to uh, the most recent ending of Stranger Things when they portray that Hopper passes away because he sacrifices himself for everybody else. 
Oh, my wife, I look over and she got the, the chin quivering and she's got a tear running down her cheek. Oh. And I'm like, what the hell? But You're you gotta crying. know, he, he's not really dead. The way they played that, come on. That he went through matter. a portal. That didn't oh. matter. The whole point is she's crying at this. She's crying at Hopper. Not even, at, and see, that's a good point, Tyler. Not even actually dying in the show. But God forbid she sheds a tear for her husband. So, <laughs> so, um, so this goes to this, uh, this topic is which fictional character's death made you cry? Or at least kind of like it was kind of shocking. Like I know for myself when I was reading those Harry Potter books, like I didn't cry, but it was very shocking when Dumbledore dies. You're like, oh, my God, like there, there's going to be a whole other book and that dude's not going to be around. And you get used to sort of these characters being around. So for Tyler and Brandon, I want you guys to think about that here momentarily. Anybody over in the Twitch chat, feel free to uh, chime in on any sort of fictional character and maybe not even cry. But maybe kind of hit you, uh, hit you deep. Uh, Sergio is asking which character is Hopper, the old man. Hopper, uh, that's the police officer. Um, he's that's the dad to seven. Yes, he's the dad to seven, and he also played. Um, God, what was the character he played in Black Widow? Read something. Oh yeah, he's the. <laughs> yeah, he's read he's, something. Yes, he's, he's like he's the, the, he's the Russian Soviet Captain version America. of Captain America. Yeah, yeah, he's the Russian version of Captain America. So that's Hopper. Um, one of the first ones, actually the top one that over on this Reddit thread. Um, I said seven, seven eleven. Nice. <laughs> oh, is that? See, I get them mixed up all the time. Seven um, eleven. It works for me. Uh, the top one here is when uh, Bubba dies in Forrest Gump. Somebody was. They say I'll never be over that one. I can't even rewatch the movie. And somebody responded to that saying, I was 11 watching that with my parents in 1994, and I didn't fully understand some of the more serious moments, especially since there were quite a few kind of dry comedy spots. When Bubba says, I want to go home, I kind of thought it was supposed to be one of those moments. When I looked at my parents with their eyes tearing up and their mouths agape, I realized that, uh, I realized that was a, as serious as serious could be. Luigi over in the Twitch chat says Glenn's death in The Walking Dead. The real death or when they tried to fake it when he hid himself under that one dumpster? Um, this is an article that I see popping up on my Facebook page quite frequently. And it's, it's um, one of those, the moments when fans bailed on The Walking Dead. And it was both of, uh, um, and it was both of the, uh, um, the, the fake death and then the real death of Glenn. In The Walking Dead. Sergio says, I thought Brandon said she was crying watching Squid Game's endings. No. No, she wasn't crying at the Squid Game endings. She was crying at the end of uh, of Stranger Things. And even then, like, Tyler's right, man. Even then, in the back of my brain, I'm like, dude, they're not killing him off. Like, you know he's going to end up in Russia or something. Because it was that portal, right? The yeah. portal went from, where the hell are they from in Indiana? Something Indiana. And man, then, I don't remember. Yeah. So he went, he went to the, the upside down. He's going to come out in Russia. That's... Pretty, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. I assumed, I assumed that's what it was because we've seen that one teaser trailer, which feels like it came out like six years ago. I mean, I know that's not the case, but it feels like ages ago when they had the one that shows him alive, I think on a work crew um, over in Russia. Uh, Master of Puppets in the Twitch chat says, uh, John Coffey in Green Mile. Is that Michael Clark Duncan's character, I'm assuming? 
Um, God, yeah, I've, I've never seen that movie, but I hear that one pop up a lot. Twitchy Twist says that cartoon where the kids go back in time to learn the history of Dr. Martin Luther King. At the end, when King walks into his house and the idiot assassinates King, I cried so hard. We were watching it in class. What the hell was that? That's a cartoon? Have either of you heard of that? No. No, I haven't, that, I, that's pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah, for a cartoon. Is, is this, this is a kid's cartoon? or? I, I don't know. Twitchy Twist, give us, some, give us some context here, man. That seems pretty brutal. Um, Sergio says I teared up with Spider-Man's death in Infinity War. Oh yeah, yeah. That uh, when he says I don't want to go, or he's like I don't feel so good, and he's like Mr. Stark, I don't want to go. That one, not tears, but it definitely got me to choke up a little bit because, dude, that's uh, Spider-Man. Apparently, that was ad-libbed. I just found out. They, yeah, uh, yeah. He the made line that up. Was something completely different. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Uh, somebody over on Reddit. Oh, Twitchy Twist says it was a movie cartoon, and yeah, it was for kids. Do you know if you can find the name of that man? Let's find that. Somebody on Reddit says Mufasa in The Lion King. I watched that movie right after my dad died. By bad timing. God, no kidding, man. Um. Yep. Doctor Mark Green from ER. Did you guys ever watch ER at all? Uh, yeah. Did you see when when the Doctor Green, the the episode where he dies? No, I've haven't watched ER in a million years, man. That I was one. Remember. Yeah, that was one of those ones that I I remember I'd watched the first couple of seasons pretty heavily and then kind of lost interest and for some reason I popped back in on that episode and I, um it was uh, the person says here uh, brain cancer and. If I'm remembering correctly, he goes to Hawaii because I think he had been stationed there and he had a lot of good memories from Hawaii and he knew he was dying anyway. Um, so that's kind of how he spends his final moments. I, th I believe if I'm remembering correctly, his daughter was with him. So that was a uh, I mean, that one was was rough. And I don't even remember really watching a whole lot of the show, but it was, you know, that's goose, man. That was goose. What about uh, video game character deaths? Are there any good, like, you know, when you lose somebody at your party or something? Try to think of, of any video game stuff. I remember there was, it was um, the ending of Battlefield 4, which I believe was the one that had um, Michael K. Williams, who played Omar in The Wire. He had a major role. He played uh, Irish in that game. Yeah. And oh, yeah. The so way and the way the game ends is that you're kind of on this chopper and it's him and this uh, this woman that you guys have kind of joined up with. And you have to pick because it's like the ending of Armageddon when the triggers broke. So somebody has to stay to, to you know, to ignite the trigger to get the bomb to go off. And there's three choices. You can either give it to Irish. You can give it to the woman or you can uh, just not do anything. I froze and I didn't do anything and uh, the ship that we were supposed to be protecting completely blew up. <laughs> That's how the game ended when I first played <laughs> womp, Battlefield womp. 4. Yeah, exactly. Mass casually. Um, well, that, that just reminded me. Battlestar Galactica at the end, I cried. I cried because you get like, you get all these characters die or they're like disappearing and stuff and, and that one, that one got me. Oh, I thought it, I thought it was because the end was so terrible that you started crying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 
<laughs> no, I was I was totally vested in Battlestar Galactica, and I was like, you know, and I'm one of those people that everybody, you know, I'm like, oh, it was a great ending. Everybody's like, no, it was terrible. What are you talking about? I'm like, no, I, I accept it. I'm Over the Twitch it. chat, uh, Twitchy Twist says, uh, I had no idea uh, King was assassinated, so it was a shick for me. I'm shock. pretty sure shock. shock. That's what he meant. Let me find the movie name. Yes, please, if you can. Um, it's our oh, friend it's Mark. called, He's yeah. Uh, Master of Puppets says Robert Duvall's death in The Judge with Robert Downey Jr. gets me every time. Tyler says Mass Effect 3. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> if anybody's played know. Mass Effect 3, if you've played through all the games, there are just a ton of characters that die, kind of like Battlestar Galactica. But, I mean, there are, a lot of them are very impactful. I think the doctor whose name, uh, I can't remember, Morden or something like that. I remember one that shocked me was when uh, Ned Stark dies at the uh, the end of season one of Game of Thrones. Cause I hadn't read the books, so everything that I was watching during that season was new to me. And I remember that he was like the promotional guy for the posters. It was him on the game uh, on the throne with the sword. Yeah, but it, but it's Sean Bean. I mean, come on. I I was holding out hope, man. I'm like, I know Look. that's the thing. Like everybody's taking pools and stuff. They're like, "Hey, is he gonna die in this one?" I mean, oh, and yeah, I, I just remember, I, in the back of my brain, I'm watching that that episode, and the whole time I'm like, "There's no way they're gonna do this. There's no way they can't." And then stunk. I was like, "Oh, they they did it!" <laughs> like, holy crap! Now I got to read the books. Uh, somebody over on Reddit says uh, Fred Weasley. That's one I've seen pop up on my social media. Is where nah, it's one. the footage at the end of the movie, and. Um, I think George like turns to the side to comment to Fred, and Fred's not there anymore. And right. that's one that definitely. And see, and that's one where uh, you know when I was rattling around my brain of what kind of spoilers can we give my kid that aren't going to completely ruin it. But at this point, I don't think she cares. You know, I'm trying to figure out what's going on there with her. But uh, um, that was one that popped into my head because there's a lot of people that die, die in those. Um, oh, Master of Puppets, when the horse dies and never-ending story, total trauma. I remember that, dude. God. Yeah, can we post uh, memes in this chat? Like, all I, the Atrax memes? I, oh. Maybe. If you, if you try it, if you can figure that out, fire away. I do have my own emotes, by the way. For anybody who's subscribed, if you want to use my fancy emotes, you can do that. For anybody who has them and has subscribed, by the way, uh, fire away so that uh, Brandon and Tyler can see the fancy emotes that, that uh, we have here on Twitch. Yeah, Discord too. I mean, you got the Discord channel. We we can meet away there. This is true. We need to get both of these things kind of, kind of up and rolling here um, a little bit more. I, I started the Discord and then it kind of lost interest. Not lost interest, but you know, just got busy with other things. And now we've been busy with Strong Node and now Original Gamer Life. And I've been prepping the the podcast that I'm going to be doing with Shim coming up. A lot of content, man. I'm telling you guys, a lot of content that's going to be uh, a ton of fun for everybody. Um, oh, and I just, somebody put that in Reddit right after uh, Master of Puppets put it in the Twitch chat. Was um, we, uh, the Artax in the Never Ending Story. Yeah, that's a big one, man. Um, Ellie from Up, somebody said, gets me every time. I kind of assume that when I start a Pixar movie, somebody's dying in the first 10 minutes. Because that kind of seems to be their thing. I mean, look at Nemo's mom and all of his brothers and sisters. He's the only one left. I mean, it's yeah. It starts out that way, you know. That's a that's a pretty brutal way to just kick off a story. Um, gosh, I don't know any of these. Oh, yeah. See, somebody ruined this one here, I, but I knew this one was coming. Where somebody says, uh, "This, of course, is this relates you to video games." As you were asking, Brandon, this one, Arthur Morgan from Red Dead Redemption Two, 
because when you play through the game, there's this one scene that you have to play, and it's essentially where he gets tuberculosis. This dude coughs all over him, and he ends up contracting uh, tuberculosis. And it's not necessarily the end. There's different versions. There's different ways that you can end the game. But that was one that I ruined for myself because even as I'm playing the game, I was like, something's going on here, man. Like, there's something. Well, like, there's more if you to know, this. you know your history, like, you, you know that, like, that guy's screwed after that happened. Well, that's true. Yeah, if you played the first Red Dead Redemption, so. Well, you knew also, he wasn't long for this world. Oh, Luigi if, said if Grandma you know from Coco. Tuberculosis is. Tuberculosis oh, yeah. saved my life. It's going to be the name of my uh, autobiography <laughs> when I finally write it. Um, Luigi says Grandma from Coco. Oh my God! When we saw that in the theater, all the kids, like my wife and I, we went to go see that by ourselves, thinking like this is going to be great. We don't have to deal with the kid, and everything's going to be good. And oh my God, that movie ends, and it's just a bunch of you know six to ten year olds. Four, four years old to ten years old, just shrieking, crying at the end when when Grandma Coco died. Well, I mean, it's kind of a happy, sad ending. You know what I mean? True, because you know she moves on and she's you know and then she's hanging out with her parents. So, and this is something that always blows my mind: is that if there's a spirit or if there's something that's after the fact. I mean, Star Wars has had this problem. What does that What does that being look like when they die? You know, Grandma Coco was crazy old. They kept her that way, right? Isn't that how that ended? Star Wars originally started with Darth Vader. He looked like the way he looked, you know, except more human. When uh, Luke sees the Force ghosts at the end of Return of the Jedi. And then, of course, they go retcon that by doing the younger version with Hayden Christensen. So what do you think happens there? Do you think it's how you died or maybe, like, maybe it's your prime? Is it like the beginning of a video game? You get to pick the skin? That you're yeah, gonna be exactly. on? that's what I was gonna say. You know, it's you get to use the force to change whatever your your image wants you want it to be. I would assume. Pick and choose. Oh, somebody put another one from Harry Potter on here. Sirius Black says here I sobbed. And he doesn't technically die. He's just he's caught in limbo. I think is exactly what that is when he falls through that mirror. Is that he's he's not. Tech, oh. I mean, obviously to you know to, to everybody else, he's not around anymore. But I think he's stuck in limbo, isn't he? Uh, I never really looked into it, but that's something I just assumed he was dead. Uh, oh, somebody said Morton Solis on here for you over on Reddit. It's the one that Tyler just brought up. Master Puppet says the old man from Shawshank Redemption when he hangs himself. How to train your dragon. Eh, don't care. That's one I don't know. It's always interesting when I see a bunch of people and they post stuff and I'm like, I have no idea what the hell that is. Is that something I'd, I need to spend the time to look into or is it that obscure uh, for a reason? Who dies in How to Train Your Dragon? Um, oops. I, I mean, I've seen it, but I don't remember the death. Stoic the Vast? Is that his father? Oh, I think so because the, the person comments right underneath it and we saw it on Father's Day that year. That was just wrong, wrong, wrong. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, okay, this is what makes Reddit great. It says here, this person chimes in with, yeah, my buddy and I just didn't see it coming. We were just high having a ball, and then we're just stunned and silent, cried while laughing at each other. Jesus. <laughs> Sergios in the uh, Twitch chat says, maybe the ghosts changed their skin based on the person who was looking at them. That's ah. also a good possibility. I kind of like that. That's a good theory. 
Although I don't think Luke ever saw his father as anything other than robot yeah. man, cyborg dude. With that giant uh, gash on, on his forehead, yeah. Oh, that. <laughs> uh, somebody here says Yondu when he dies in Guardians of the Galaxy two. I mean, that one was pretty. Yeah, that one will yeah, yeah, hit you in the feels. Yeah. Right after he called himself uh, Mary Poppins. I mean. That's true. I'm Mary Poppins, from, y'all! From comedy to tragedy in the blink of an eye. Uh, I'm surprised it took this long over on Reddit to have this one pop up, but Tony Stark, he was the first hero I watched in high school. By the time he died, I realized I'd known the guy through the movies for over 10 years at that point. I had graduated college, grad school, and started a new job. All those memories of my friends learning how to play the Iron Man theme song were some of the best years. Ooh, that's that's tough because then that's got that you know personal involvement, right? Now you're, yeah, now you're, you're relating it to your life. A bigger struggle here. Well, and the, okay, so that's that's a good conversation topic. What what is it that makes you either you know more emotionally involved in, in some of these characters? Is that it, or you know, is there like a special sauce, uh, a special mixture that the, the director has to put together to make it work? I think some of it might have to do with, like this person is saying, and of course that one was over the course of so many movies over so many years, you're, you're relating the growth of that character to your growth as a human being. So that's where, and when that person dies, you know, like when Tony Stark does at the end of um, Endgame, that's kind of like a you know a death for your life where now okay this major aspect that I've followed for this many years is now gone now I need to be able to move on um, I think being able like some people were saying here like when Mufasa died in Lion King and like the one person said that it was right after their father had passed away I mean that one seems to hit you right in the feels because th- you're able to relate that to your real life if you're able to mirror the character that's going through it to your real life, I think that's something that really hits the, in the feels a lot more than just some, you know, some sort of a random character in a show or a movie. No, I totally agree. And that, but that's you know, like, is there one that we can all agree as something that gets you right in the feels? Because Sergio says, you know, as he says, Bambi's mom's death is only sad because most of us watched it as a kid, right? So there's context there. Yeah. There's, a, there's a tie-in there, but is there any situation that? everybody agrees you know was was really sad is there anything we can come together on yes where the red fern grows little ann and old dan if you guys ever read those books or saw that movie i have not I guarantee you cry oh man it's an old I th- we read the book in class and then i think we watched the movie and it is i mean it i cried at the book i cried in the movie it's extremely sad so is that like murder porn right are we now creating a new thing like like crying porn but like when you need a good cry, you're like, I'm gonna go watch this scene because I know it's gonna get me to get me to feel something. It's therapeutic. Yeah, like old yeller. There's an, that's usually a, a pretty universally. God, dogs dying, man. Like, uh, somebody here yeah, on Reddit just... t- did I shed a tear for the dog when I am uh, in I Am Legend? I mean, that's one that I see pop up quite frequently. And the what man? You want to talk about how? Futurama was a show that was vastly ahead of its time. Oh God, Futurama! Oh, yes. oh my God! Oh yeah, I cry, I cry. There are moments of that one. That Seymour, Seymour the yes. dog. How oh. Fry is talking about how he probably went on with his life and he did this and he did this, and then it shows what that dog did, and it just went back and waited and waited and waited for Fry to show up. Essentially, just kind of withering away 
not moving on. I mean, God, dude, do Maybe. you think when they wrote that they they knew like they're like this is this one's gonna yeah. get them. We're gonna we're gonna get some some people crying. Maybe it's that unconditional love, that loyalty, because little Ann and old Dan from where the red fern grows their dogs too, and old Dan dies while saving his master from a mountain lion, and then little Ann pulls a Queen Amidala, or a Padme, and dies from a broken heart. Wow, ooh, that's heavy. Certainly took a dark turn on this stream. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what's what we get when it's when that's the topic? Yeah, right. Oh um, god, yeah, that's that's another one. Which one? The Jojo Massive Rabbit? Puppets. Yeah. Did you see the Jojo Rabbit? N no, no, but I want to because it, uh, Jojo yeah. Rabbit—that's the one that uh, was Taika Waititi, right? Yes, it's a great and, movie. And, and doesn't he play Hitler? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's a resume. That's one that's on my list. I, I, at this point, at least for myself, Taika Waititi can do no wrong. Like that guy, everything that I've watched with him. Um, I still haven't even finished the movie of what we do in the shadows, but the, all the bits and pieces and everything that I've seen, it's brilliant. I loved Thor Ragnarok. I like how, what he did with that. I'm really looking forward to uh, Thor Love and Thunder just because he's attached to it. If he's attached to something, I'm going to want to watch it. Yeah, and just to clarify, he doesn't actually play Hitler. He plays a kid's uh, imagination of what Hitler is Oh, that's like. right. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I just... I, kept going back to that damn Seymour the dog because somebody put that right after this so I was over on Reddit and it's uh, the person talking about I am legend and then right underneath that it was um, uh, Seymour from Futurama god that's one that just oh here we go Ed, we've talked about this before on the stream I think we had to because it's uh, Opie from Sons of Anarchy uh, when he went down that was another one that was kind of a big uh, a big one oh my god did either of you guys ever see Inside Out Inside Out? I don't the think Pixar, so. The Disney Pixar movie. I believe it was um, uh, Amy Poehler was kind of voicing the main character in that one. Oh, it's about the emotions. Uh... Yes. That one. There is an imaginary an imaginary character named Bing Bong. Um, and I'm blanking. You know the guy when you see him, and I'm totally blanking on uh, on his name, the actor's name. If one of you guys could uh, could look that up or somebody in the Twitch chat, type in who played Bing Bong. But the scene, the way it goes down is they're in this area where memories go to die. And if Bing Bong is down in kind of this, this valley too long, she's going to forget about him and Bing Bong dies. And they're on this like little red wagon trying to get out. And they're noticing that it's too heavy, so they're unloading things. And then out of nowhere, all of a sudden, it shoots super fast. And Amy Poehler's character, she ends up out. The uh, red wagon crashes, and she's like hooting and hollering, and like, yeah, yeah, we made it, we made it. When she turns around, Bing Bong's not there. She looks over the edge down into the valley. He's down there, and he's like, take care of her for me. And then as he's doing this, he disappears, and he's no longer there. And she has forgotten about her imaginary friend, Bing Bong. Oh, my God. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. Um, Master of Puppets says, uh, The Art of Racing in the Rain. I have never heard of that. But apparently a dog died. I, th I think at this point, if a dog dies, that's got to be towards the top of a list, right? Yeah, it's, again, I think it's that unconditional love and loyalty, man. And that's, is anybody or anything encompass that more than a, a dog? 
I don't think so. I, I, I think that's the epitome of it. I think that's kind of what you would go to, right? Um. Oh, there was a... Did you guys ever watch House, MD? Yes. I feel like uh, you can't get away with not watching it. Like Even if dude, you don't watch it, people just force it on you. Dude, they have you know a the marathon every day now. Yeah, so the ironic, ironic, well, I don't know if it's ironic, but the great thing about that show is that it's based on Sherlock Holmes, right? Yeah, and House Sherlock Holmes. Holmes. And Sherlock Holmes was based on a doctor that uh, <laughs> Sir Arthur Conan Doyle knew. It's coming full circle, baby. And it right? Was, it was so, Watson was Sherlock Holmes's assistant, and then... Uh-huh. What was God? What was um? Uh, I don't remember his name, but God. I remember that I remember his specialty, isn't it? Yeah, his special his specialty was um. What is it when you're specialty in, in cancer? I mean, it was that, right? Yes. Robert Sean Leonard Wilson it, it, was his it's name. Not Wilson, cancerologist. Yes. No, it's cancerologist. No, it's a cancerologist. Uh, and I think he had a specific type of cancer too. And and it's yeah. Spoiler alert: He actually at the very right. end of the run, um, at the very end of the run, that's when he um, he finds out he has cancer, and so oncologist, oncologist. There you go. Oh shoot! Uh, uh, so to Twitchy Twist, Doctor House should have been Rick and uh, Rick for Rick and Morty live action. We we have a difference of opinion here. No, it, it, it 100% should have been Christopher Lloyd because wasn't he the inspiration behind Rick? He, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, he was the inspiration, so it's kind of it's another one of those full circle. But then you can argue that, hey, is this really clever? Or is it just being lazy? True. That's very true. Well, going back to our, our uh, the topic that we had here, it was Amber from House. Remember her? She was Wilson's girlfriend. She was – did they just call her bitch? Isn't that what it was? <laughs> I mean, cutthroat she bitch. was. Yeah. It's cutthroat bitch. It was Cutthroat yes. Bitch was her nickname because it's when he's trying to find uh, new doctors to work with and he kind of does it like a game show and she's super cutthroat. So her nickname was Cutthroat Bitch. She ends up dating Wilson. She ends up in an accident and they find out like there's nothing that they can do for her. But they're like, oh, we'll wake her up so she can say goodbye. That episode is brutal, dude. Yeah, Master Puppet says uh, House and Wilson both go off and enjoy the last few days of his life. As House House fakes his death. Yeah, it wasn't. I don't know how I felt about the ending of House. I love yeah, the show, which is weird. Sherlock Holmes also dies yeah. but doesn't die. Yeah, kind of fakes his death. All the parallels, man. I, I that's I personally that's why I love House so much. I love but the, Sherlock but all Holmes. All the parallels, you're like, oh, that's clever. But again, to my point, is it clever, clever or lazy? Or is it just lazy? Yeah, and that's and that's the one thing with House that that I always. It bugged me, but I'll still watch the hell out of it. I just I love the way that they put the show together. I love the acting and, and the writing and everything in it. But Richard Kind, ah, thank you, Master of Puppets. Thank you. Richard Kind was the voice of Bing Bong. If you're tuning into the podcast and you just hear me randomly say something, that's because somebody wrote it in the uh, Twitch chat over there. So Richard Kind was the one that voiced Bing Bong. But the thing that I that with House, it was like the same format every episode where they're talking and all of a sudden it's like, oh, that random thing you just said reminded me of this. This is what's wrong with the patient. And it always happens in the final 10 minutes. It was like clockwork. But I'm still going to watch the hell out of that show every single time. And there's some channel that they do marathons now. It starts at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. And I'll turn that turn that on. And I'll watch the hell out of those marathons when it comes to House MD, buddy. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of TV, that's formulaic, right? So a lot of TV, they do the same thing over and over again, kind of like Star Trek. I think it's even more so when it comes to like a network show. I think if you're on Netflix or Amazon Prime or Hulu, like exclusive to Hulu, you can kind of play with the format a little bit more. But when you're inserting commercial breaks, like I got to interview Rob Schneider one time. And he talked about his sitcom that he had, which, by the way, is basically my life. If you go watch any clips of that show, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Um, but it was one of those situations where he said that writing for a sitcom is difficult because you have to plan out the commercial breaks. And that that can make the story seem choppy or it can make the jokes seem choppy where when he had moved over to I think it was Netflix for um, a different show you don't have to worry about that so it could be more free-flowing and the storyline um, doesn't have to be chunked up so much in regards to the commercial breaks uh, Sergio says what about Wolverine's death and old man Logan uh, I think the daughter calling him dad is what got me I never finished it the wife and I started it I never finished Logan I'm here to admit it I think it's my music's run, running out. We're going to have to wrap this thing up. You guys got any more? Anything else uh, that got you guys in regards to a... Uh, oh, by the way, this one Reddit user's name is um, Chicken McFugget. <laughs> nice. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Again, that's why I love Reddit. Like, you're going to get crap like that where you just have these fantastic names. This guy's name's Beanbag Mouse. Now I'm just going to start going through looking at all the fantastic yeah, user names right? over on that's, Reddit. That's, that could almost be a show in and of itself, right? Just, and, just and, and we can pick all of the best ones, and then we put, uh, um, and then we put all of the uh, the best names in like a like a tournament bracket, like March Madness style. Oh, it's Squid Game. Allie, was that that was the chick, right? The one that makes it to the final three. Yeah, that one yep. was brutal. Oh man, and see, but even before, um, when the uh, the Middle Eastern dude, when he was playing with um, what's his face, and he gets duped, where he's like, "Here, let me, oh, let me, or whatever." Yeah, he's like, "Let me put these marbles in the bag, and we're gonna keep them safe by putting them around your neck." When secretly he switched the marbles with a bag of rocks. Oh man, that that dude just turns out to be a complete douchebag like the entire time. Oh, he's human garbage. Like he's a hundred percent human garbage by the end of that, uh, the end of the run of that TV show. But I still like that one right there with that the Middle Eastern guy was just brutal. And um, <laughs> somebody here chiming in, Uncle Ben when Uncle Ben dies. I mean, how many times? Right? Yeah, which time? Yeah, are you I talking think about? we've I've seen, seen that it. Meme where it's like you know the universe where Uncle Ben dies. Yeah, I've seen it. it so many times that I'm I'm desensitized to it. But here's right. a good one: Aerith from Final Fantasy VII. I can't believe I forgot about that one. I was gonna say Final Fantasy has some good deaths. Is that a series I need to get into? I don't think I've ever played a Final Fantasy. Oh man, that's yeah. If you if you play RPGs at all, Final Fantasy is the one that kind of started it all. That's the jam. That is the jam. That's like your lore. Like your street cred, your nerd street cred. Oh. I'll have to look into that. I think they have a couple of them available on Xbox Game Pass. But once we're done here, i got to get in contact with Steam so that I can, I can figure out what the hell it is I'm going to do if they're not going to let me into my goddamn account. Uh, one more here, and this one comes from Reddit. And I, I, I remember watching this one live. And as much as we might hate uh, the final season or final two seasons of this show, uh, Hodor. When you find out uh. why he's holding the door and, oh, my God. 
Like that was one where you were holding out hope a little bit, where it was kind of like, all right, like he might, he might survive it, he might make it, he might make it, and then all of a sudden, you know, the White Walkers' arms come busting through the door and they tackle him down. You're like, no, nope, he didn't make it. He's not making that at all. Oh, it's the wrap-up music, everybody. I know it's time to be sad. Although considering the topic that we just covered, Jesus. I know. Great, great way to end. Woo! Leave everybody with all that serotonin and dopamine. <laughs> well. <laughs> So tomorrow, we're going to be hopping on 6 p.m. Mountain Time. So here's the schedule again for you guys. Mondays and Wednesdays, we're going noon to 1.30 Mountain Time. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, we'll do 6 to 9. Um, Tyler and I, we're going to be hopping on uh, Wildermyth. Nope, I don't have a lisp all of a sudden. That is the, the name of the game. It is Wildermyth. You can get it on Steam. And like Tyler said, if you want to jump in and play multiplayer with us, you have to pay. But you can download the game and play it without having to pay. There is a free version as well. Now, well, like. so, oh, go ahead. so that, that's not what I meant. So you you don't have to download the game to play it with us. They, they can just watch the screen and then read their, their lines and things like that and join us in Discord. They we, can buy it if they want and then play it multiplayer like that. Oh, all the better. And if you guys want to, uh, you can do a $10 donation, and that'll get you in on the game with us. Um, if not, if nobody wants to pay, that's eh, fine. I don't care. Um, we can certainly get everybody involved as much as we want. But this is something that we've been kind of building towards, especially with original gamer life and everything like that. So we'll see you guys tomorrow at 6 p.m. A special thank you to uh, Brandon and Tyler for stepping in here. And, um, yeah, we'll check you guys out later. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.